0: and welcome to wholesaling out of the box. My name is Ashley Little and today I'm joined by Cameron Peters and Jacob McPherson. I really wanted to Cameron McPherson and Jacob Peters but long day. All right (laughs) so today we're going to talk about virtual appointments and this is going to be super useful for those of you that are wholesaling virtually Or God forbid we get into another pandemic situation where everything closes down. Cause that was one thing last year where we really had to shift from those in-person appointments to only doing virtual because people just didn't want strangers in their house which is totally understandable. So um, it's gonna be really similar to last week's episode but like I said, it's just gonna explain a little bit more uh, the differences between the two kinds of appointments. So how do you guys prep? For, for virtual appointments um sorry cam's daughter's in the background um and then how do you make sure that they remember you when you can't leave something behind like you doing an in-person appointment
1: that's a good one that is a good one you want to go first on this one cam sure so what was the first part the, the last part with the second part was the lasting impression sort of thing right
0: yeah, and then the first part is how do you prep for a virtual appointment, as opposed to like we talked about how you prep for the in person in the last episode.
1: I don't know if um, I do a great deal of prep for a virtual appointment because normally it just happens on a cold call. Uh, because normally on the first call i'll get through condition of the House, so the virtual um, walkthrough, Um And maybe on a follow-up call. So maybe on a follow-up call, I would look at comps, but normally on an initial call, you don't, you don't have time to do that. You really want to focus on talking to the seller and establishing rapport. So, um, don't know that there's a great deal of prep. Um, I like to tell the lasting impression. I like to tell a little bit about myself and a little bit about the company, very short, so not to lose them. Right. And just to kind of, give them a second to listen to you just talk about what you do, who you are, and you know what I mean, how you can help, sort of thing. So that's like to get the a little bit lasting impression so you can get them to tell you a little bit about the house. So I guess that's how I approach that.
2: I think you're muted Ashley.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Jacob?
2: Um pretty much in the same boat as Cam here. Uh as far as prep work is concerned. There really isn't any um, other than, you know, the basic understanding of what questions you want or need to ask on uh, on your phone phone call with the seller. Because uh, the vast majority of the times that I think we're doing these virtual walkthroughs is the very first conversation with the seller. Uh, so there really isn't a whole lot of time to prep. Not to mention that, I mean, you're not even necessarily sure who or which seller you're gonna get on the phone. So it doesn't really make sense to go through every single seller in your system and analyze their properties before you even call them. Because I mean, that's just a, that's a massive, massive way of wasting time. So because you don't even know if they're interested in selling, you don't even know if you're gonna get them on the phone, you might never contact them. So why would you wanna spend the time trying to analyze what their property is and how much maybe you could buy it for, right?
0: Yeah. And um, you've definitely learned that one from experience too.
2: <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> but yes. So, so yeah. So a lot of that is just that initial talk with the seller of, you know, Hey, I, you know, I'm just a local guy, I buy houses. I was interested to know if you might be selling. And then if they say yes, right. Okay. Well, you know, did I catch you at a bad time? You know, can we talk a little bit more about that? Can I ask you a couple of questions about the home? And then everything that you look for when you go on the property walkthrough is, almost the same as what you do over the phone, right? We always talk about it in the standpoint of starting from the outside and in and working your way from the top down, right? So you're talking about the roof, right? The siding, the windows, maybe foundation, doors, right? And then as far as the interior of the house goes, we start, we start asking about uh, the HVAC, right? I assume it's central heating and air, is that correct, right? When was the last time the unit was serviced? Um, has the you know do you have the old screw and fuses or do you have an updated breaker box um, that'll cover electrical and then after that it's really just have you done any major renovations in the last five ten years on the home in way of kitchens baths floors paint anything along those lines right and you're just allowing them to talk and kind of tell you what they've done so and then it's just a matter of listening and um, and maybe d- diving in a little further, right? Like if somebody tells me, "Well, yeah, we updated the kitchen a couple of years ago," right? Oh, okay. So you have granite countertops, stainless steel appliances, soft close cabinets. Well, no, we just didn't. We just did the cabinets. We have the formica, the formica tops, right? Oh, okay. So we still have a little work to do in the kitchen, right? So when when sellers do say that they've done some updates, right? It's just a matter of clarifying and asking maybe one follow up question on that. Can you tell me more about that? Right? Something along those lines. So just having that initial basic talk. And then while you get them talking, if you are in front of a computer, then of course, you know, you have the ability to pull up the MLS and, or Zillow if you're using Zillow and you're looking at recent solds, right? But you can go back and start looking at comps while you're on the phone so that you can have that initial talk about numbers. And if you don't, for whatever reason, have the ability to do that, right? Maybe you're driving or just maybe you're downstairs, right? Cooking dinner, something along those lines. If you don't have that ability, then you can just simply ask, say, hey, you know, before I hop off the phone with you, I just kind of want to get an idea on, on how close we might be here because I don't really want to waste your time and I definitely don't want to waste mine, right? Can you just tell me roughly like what you'd like to walk away with here or where you see yourself being? But yeah, I want a 100,000, right? Or I want I want 200,000. Okay, so it sounds like you're looking for retail. So maybe you start qualifying just a little bit more, but at least get an idea of what the seller is wanting so that you don't waste your time right because that's a very real thing mm-hmm. and if you don't get that first number out of them a lot of them right sometimes they may say like oh well i've, I've got to talk to my wife right or i've got i uh, i'm not really sure yet i haven't done a lot of research immediate follow-up question to that is just like well from the hip what do you think right or just like ballpark you know just trying to see if we're close and usually you'll end up pulling a number out of them the second time if they don't give you one the first time so but sometimes it doesn't work at all either way you're really just trying to make sure that you're not wasting your time. That's part of the qualifying step.
0: Okay. And what do you, how do you make sure that you leave an impression?
2: Same exact way that Cam does uh, at the very end of the conversation, right? Especially if you find that they are on the go, right? Maybe they don't really have a whole lot of time to talk. Maybe you just had three, four minutes with them real quick. Mm -hmm. It's always say, well, hey, just, you know, before I go, you know, again, my name is Jacob. I'm with Full Circle Investment Group. We've been in Hampton Roads for, you know, a little over 10 years now. And We just looked at buy fixer uppers and rentals. So, you know, if that sounds like something that might fit, would definitely love to follow up in the future. Would it be okay to maybe give you a call back in a couple of weeks? Right, maybe something along those lines, but definitely reintroducing yourself at the end of the call. So, gotcha. That's something we always do.
0: Okay, Cam, Jacob went over some questions that he asks. Uh, are there any other questions you want to add into that? Specifically, while you're trying to like, if you for example, we're going into different markets right now. So for the markets that we do not have feet on the ground, what what questions do you think are super important to ask um, before you make that offer, sight unseen?
1: So I think, but first I want to rewind back. So if you didn't catch the golden nugget that Jacob dropped about not doing a bunch of homework before you make a phone call, I want you to rewind the podcast and listen to what he just said because so many folks, when they're starting out, they say this, and I can, I can name like 10 people I've talked to in the last a couple months that say this. Cam, I want to know the property I'm talking about. I want to know so I can speak intelligently. I want to know about it. Ladies and gents, you got to get over that because you're wasting time over here. You just want to talk to the person. So maybe, maybe focus on your talking skills and your comfort talking, just talking to people randomly because you're wasting a lot of time I promise you and I know that for a lot of people that's a big fear you, you gotta you gotta figure out how you're gonna get past that because you're wasting a lot of time so mm-hmm. sorry I wanted to bring it back because that was that was an awesome point um so I guess other qualifying questions especially when you cannot see the house you want to cover everything that Jacob kind of talked about so I don't know that there's any more Other than one major one is the foundation questions of if it's a brick house. Okay. So have you noticed any significant cracks on the outside of the house along the bricks or along the foundation? If it's a sided house along the foundation, just below the siding, right? Any significant cracks or you have any cracks in your ceiling, your walls, um, or any slanted floors or kind of fun house floors, you got any soft floors generally just saying those generic words will let you know if there's some foundation thing, because that's something that you really need to be on site to see, or you need a professional to take a look at, to see what's there. Um, so that's, I guess that's maybe the only question. I know Jay, on foundation for a hot second, but definitely if you can't get there, that's something you want to ask because a little crack by a bathroom door, not really a big deal. You know what I mean? A seven foot crack down your living room wall that's, you know, an eighth of an inch thick, a big deal. So, you know what I mean? They're going to tell you that because they know you're going to come see it anyways. So, that's what I would say is maybe an important question that was maybe we didn't quite touch on before.
0: Yeah, good point. Um, all right. So, then other than the answers to your questions, what else are you listening for or looking for when you're talking to the seller? So, things like tone pauses, anything like that, that's going to make you change how you're negotiating, how you're talking to them, anything that stands out.
1: So I'm always looking for who else is involved in this conversation. Um, And you got those little, those little cues of, I need to talk to my wife or um, it's actually my dad's property and he passed away or my dad's now in the hospital or mom or whoever it may be. Right. So, kind of working with my brothers and sisters. I'm always looking for those cues to understand who all is involved in the decision-making process because that's crucial um, to see whether you have the one person who's in charge of selling the property. And it may just be that it may be as simple as the owner and that there's nobody else that owns it. But if they're mentioning other people, if they are mentioning other people on the conversation, then those people are important to them or, at least involved in the sale maybe it's that brother that they really hate or they've never got along with but they're still mentioning him because he has a say in this sale so i'm always looking for those cues and um those cues usually come just you know well my brother this and that oh okay so your brother i mean you know i mean don't take this the wrong way, but do you get along with them? I mean, I have like nine brothers and sisters and I'll tell you what, there's like two of them that I just can't hardly stand that will normally get it out of them. And you can hear the. Well, yeah, my brother, everything I just did tells you your brother's a pain in the ass to you. So now I know. (laughs) Okay. You know what I mean? So I'm always listening for that Mm -hmm. because that is, those are the people that you, you are trying to um, win over, if you will, or convince that you are the person to get this done.
2: Okay, Jacob. Um, definitely mirror everything that Cam just said. Finding out who else is involved in the sale is a huge piece. We've actually, I've actually lost sales because I did not build the relationship with the key influencer. Right? Maybe I had the relationship with the seller, but whoever they were talking to in the back in the background, right? I did not have the relationship with, and because that person was not convinced, we lost the sale. So. Because that person is always going to do a better job selling the seller, right? Selling that person on whatever it is their decision should be. So if you can win that person over, that is a massive, massive piece of the sale. Um, Another thing that we like to touch on is the time frame associated with the sale. So, right, so it kind of sounds like maybe you're like, what, maybe like three, six months out from now, right? Well, I'm thinking about selling, I'm just not entirely sure, right? Okay, what do you think? Maybe call you back in, what, a couple weeks, a month? Right. So kind of testing the waters a little bit on time frame, because some sellers will tell you flat out. Right. I want to have this thing sold by the end of July. Right. I've got I've got 12 days to get this thing off my plate. I just don't want to deal with it. And that's another big piece of what we're listening for is the motivation behind what they're saying. And a lot of that is going to come out in the tone and in some of the phrases or keywords that they use. I don't want to deal with it. The pain in my ass i've got a mortgage that i didn't expect to pay right things along those lines are going to be something that motivates the seller to get this thing off their plate sooner rather than motivation is a big piece of what we listen for and that's going to come out in tone and then time frame associated with the sale are we 30 days 60 days 90 days whatever have you right because then that's going to give you roughly maybe when we should be calling back or following up with them to try to figure out whether or not it's something we can work with them on mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so then how do you guys know when a virtual appointment has ended.
2: I think you can usually tell. Um, just based on conversation alone right if you're if you've gotten through all your main questions right and maybe the talk starts to slow a little bit right that's usually probably a good, a good key indicator that hey, you know I think we've gotten everything that we need to, that we need to talk about on this initial phone call sounds like maybe it's better off to follow up at a different time. I think the other thing to listen for is um, just being like a real person, right? Actually genuinely listening to what's going on in the background. So sometimes you'll catch a seller, they'll be in the middle of maybe like throwing some pots and pans around in their their kitchen, right? Or maybe you hear a bunch of people talking in the background. Like, hey, it kind of sounds like maybe you're a little busy. I don't necessarily want to take up your time. I can always call you back if you think that makes sense, right? So giving them the ability to tell you whether or not they want to continue the call or not. But just being respectful and listening for those cues as well, I think is a big piece of the conversation. But as far as ending a call, especially if you've gotten through all the big points, right? I think maybe you can take another page out of Cam's book. Hey, it's not, I think we've just about covered everything that we've talked about, you know, or everything that we need to. Is there anything else that maybe you think I need to know or anything I may have missed? All right? Maybe following up right at the end of the conversation with that final question. I think that's a great way to end a call. And then... Pre- It's either we're talking about something else, right? Or, okay, I appreciate it. We'll go ahead and review and kind of go from there. And again, my name's Jacob, right? If you have to go through that um, and then it's just a follow-up or maybe you start talking about an appointment in which case if you start talking about an appointment maybe you start to pre-qualify a little bit more as uh, maybe get advanced agreement before you actually go on the call.
1: Yeah, so I think um, I always want to pull a number out of them So I don't want to end the call on top of a number. And usually that is, Jacob alluded to it before or touched on it before. You know what I mean? To, I don't want to waste your time here. You know what I mean? I talked to a lot of people all day and you know what I mean? I'm sure you got a lot going on. So I don't want to waste your time. So not holding you to this number, but I mean, where are you looking to, where are you looking to sell this at? So if I know I'm running my numbers here and I know we're not even close, respectfully, I don't want to waste your time. I value your time. Most people value that and will tell you that 100,000 or where, wherever they want to be at. Um, but I want to pull that number out. Sometimes they'll jag, ah, I don't even know, man. I don't even know. Okay. And the cheap from the hip thing, I use the same thing Jacob does. So everybody has a number. They are lying if they tell you they don't. Um, even if they haven't lived in the state for years, they still, when they understood that they were going to sell this real estate, they did something online and they got some number from somewhere guarantee it. So um, that's, I guess that's when I know it's about time to end the call and it kind of depends on how much time they have and and how quick I am at looking at numbers, whether I'm going to give them an offer there on the phone or or, um, call them back. Um, And that's just dependent on if they're driving in their car and they're like, nah, I got, I got a meeting here coming up. Okay. look, I don't want to rush you. I don't want to rush this. So can I give you a call back tomorrow? Versus now ah, I got all the time in the world. All right, cool. So I'm going to start looking at properties in the area and then just continuing the conversation while you um, uh, are going through those things with them. And then eventually talking about the number. And then obviously at that point, I mean, you think it's going to work for you? I mean, are we close here? Like, like what, what are your thoughts here on that number? Right. And then it could go a million different ways past that, but that's, that's when it's the call's getting toward the end. It's wrapping up.
0: Yeah, that's a really good uh, segue into my next question, which is when do you know uh, that it's time to make an offer? And then how do you present that offer over the phone? Because this is a sight unseen kind of thing. So if you get into the house and then all of a sudden you made this offer, they accept and then you're putting your hand through the wall, that's, uh, okay, something's got to change here.
1: Yep, yep. Was it me or was it Jig? I don't remember.
2: Um, I be, think
1: it's you. It might be you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So um, I think, you know, it's it's time to make the offer when you've got, you know, the sellers telling you kind of their number and you kind of understand where they're at and you've kind of walked back through to say, okay so I'm running numbers here. I'm seeing what things are selling at. And, you know, we definitely need to. Sounds like the roof's okay, but the HVAC it's really, really, really old. And just kind of recapping the big items, I know we need to do some cosmetics inside. Not too worried about that. Um, windows replaced them a few years ago, so we're good there. So I don't know. I'm I'm thinking I'm probably at like uh, somewhere around forty thousand now. Just keep in mind this is sight unseen. I'm really good with my numbers. I'm confident in that. But if for whatever reason we got the property and there either there's something that we couldn't tell foundation concerns or something like that. That number might adjust. For the most part, this number is pretty spot on. So I'm probably gonna be somewhere around 100,000, whatever it may be. um, And then just pause and see what comes back. And either it's a, oh my, or the other day, are you kidding? And I just pause and he's like, no, no, seriously, you're kidding. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm really serious. Oh yeah, that's just, that's, that's, that's absurd. Okay. Now we know that we're probably way too far apart because yes, I anchored my number a little bit. So I have a little bit of negotiation room, but there's not judging by his tone that we weren't going to get that far. So um, I guess that's, that's how I know. That's how I present it. Um, Just kind of, you want to give them to me, You want to give them a mind of how much money you think they're going to, you're going to put into it most people don't really know they think they know but they don't they don't really have an idea they never really thought about it
2: yeah i think um definitely everything that cam just said for sure and getting the seller to agree to maybe what repairs are needed is something that i always try to accomplish over the phone and that's exactly what cam was just referring to is is basically going back through that uh, the virtual walkthrough piece. And okay, so it kind of sounds like we need an HVAC, right? Have have you had any contractors come out and take a look at this? Is anybody giving you estimates, right? Now you're starting to understand how much upfront work has the seller done and what do they really understand about maybe what some of the costs are associated with the repairs, right? Um, a lot of people, I mean, a seller that I just spoke to the other day, actually, had said that they have some pretty major issues inside of the house and she had somebody come out and look at putting a new roof on the garage, a new roof on the house, including gutters, soffit, as well as all new siding and some foundation issues. And the contractor had quoted her like $62,000 just for that work, which is insane, right? That's a massive number. And I sat there and I was like, so $62,000 just for the roof, the siding, I just want to make sure I'm understanding correctly, right? And that wasn't even including any remodeling on the inside of the home, right? So obviously, we're talking about some big numbers as far as repairs are concerned. So then it's, I think the other piece of this is, so now, does the seller understand their own repairs and maybe what some of those costs are associated with it, right? And is all that realistic? The next piece of it is, do they know what houses are selling for that are similar to theirs, right? Do they understand what the comps are in the area? Most sellers, if they have investigated the idea of selling or at least thought about it, they've either done a little bit of research or maybe they've already talked to a realtor or an agent. So most people are going to know that number, right? Or at the very least, they're gonna know what's going on in their own neighborhood in way of, well, yeah, the house down the street just sold for 200,000, right? Oh, okay. So it sounds like that house was similar to yours. We talked square footage, same layout, brick ranch, right? Is everything apples to apples here? So, well, no, I mean, my house is a little bit smaller. Oh, okay. So it kind of sounds like maybe yours would sell for a little less than that. Would that, would that be fair to say? Well, yeah, I'd probably sell for a little less. Okay. I mean, so understanding what, you know, because it sounds like, you know, way more about what's going on in your own neighborhood than I do right now. What do you think yours would sell for? Right. So now we're comparing directly to what comps are and what sales are. And that's another way to pull a number out of somebody is going down that path. That's the framing path of, what's going on in your neighborhood and how does your house compare to theirs, right? Or you, do you think you're going to sell for a little more or a little bit less based on your condition versus that condition, right? So, and that's a really good way to bring some realism into the conversation as well, because you can't really argue about a direct comparison, right? When you're doing an apple to apple comparison, right? But you know that you have 40 grand in repairs, right? We've already covered that. Okay, so it sounds like this house that sold is pretty well updated, right? You said it sold for what? It sold for 200,000. Okay. And so, and we had just talked about all the repairs and you think what, maybe, maybe what, 40, 50 grand in repairs overall? Well, yeah, that sounds about right. Probably, probably 40. Okay. So, I mean, I gotta be honest. I don't really want to insult you here. You know, it's not really the business that I'm in. I I don't know that I'm going to be at a number that makes sense. I mean, did you have a particular number in mind? right? That goes back to not wanting to waste your time and so on, but then it's just a matter of working backwards. And you know, 200,000, right? Well, I've got to account for holding costs. I've got some selling costs in there in the back end. I've got to account for the repairs. And then of course I have a profit margin, you know, otherwise this just doesn't work. So, I mean, by the time I work backwards, I mean, I'm probably going to be around a hundred grand, right? Maybe I'm going to be around 80. And then it's like Cam said, you're just, you just shut up. You stop talking you just kind of listen to what that reaction is. So, and then go from there. So I think it's just having covering all the bases and I think the framing of understanding what the repairs are, what kind of work is done, getting the seller to agree that those repairs would be required, right? Because sometimes you're going to have guys too that they'll come back and say, well, no, I mean, I, can, I could just do some, you know, maybe just put a coat of paint on it and list it. Okay, well, what would that look like if you did that? Okay, let's talk about that for a second. That's fine, right? Not everything is going to fit our little, our little tiny piece of criteria that we have to meet, right, in order for this to be a wholesale deal. So, That just goes back to having that that honest conversation of what would work and what they're looking for. Sorry, I covered a lot.
0: No, you're fine. Um, (laughs) All right, so um, next question is, how are virtual appointments different than in-person
2: appointments? Uh... I mean, uh, kind of going back to uh, the podcast from the previous week would be, uh, I mean, it's mainly the establishing the rapport. Uh, it's it's more difficult to establish rapport over the phone, of course. I mean, you're listening for tonality, but you can't read the body language with the seller. So as far as the virtual appointments are concerned, I think the biggest piece is going to be the qualifying, right? So. Why is the seller selling? What is the motivation associated with it? And then what are the repairs? What's the condition, right? What are houses selling for? What is their number? Who's involved in the sale? And then when are they looking to sell? Those are the big ticket items that you are trying to establish over the phone before officially making that appointment to go and walk the property.
0: Cam?
1: Yeah, I think um, so getting your foot in the door and the door is um, not hypothetical. What's the door, Ashley? Come on. The door is, the door is not there. You're trying to get your foot in the door, but you're literally not there. It's figurative. Trying to get your foot in the oh, door.
0: Yeah. Figurative. Come yeah. On, man. <laughs> I
1: had Ashley no idea to, where you were going. <laughs> Ashley has to help Sean and I every once in a while when we're trying to sound smart. So um, I think it's getting your foot in the door. To be like, hey, this is Cam. He just called me. He wants to buy my house. Um, I might not be there yet. Uh, I'm going out to check out a house this week that kind of started out that way where it was a real short conversation because she didn't have much time. And I followed up with her and now the rapport is there. So it's kind of just to get to know and you know that you're doing it right. I think when um you're working up and you've gone through that virtual walkthrough and they're still not quite ready for you to talk too much about it but when you call they say oh yeah yeah how are you doing um i know you've been really persistent about following up here you you know then you're on the right path here um so the goal of that that call is to get some idea of the repair numbers of course um but if the person is rushed to understand that and to know when to follow up um and to get them to understand that you're not the pushy person that's trying to annoy the crap out of them or um trying to be a real salesy with them. You're the person that's trying to help them out. You're the guy or gal that will help them out. So I think that's the biggest difference when you're there in person. Um, you're more the person that they've been talking to for a while. And today they're going to decide whether it works or not. On the phone, it's still a little bit, eh, I'm not sure, but I'm kind of liking the way it's going is, is your general goal. That's a really
2: good, good point. And I kind of want to amend a little bit what I said, too. So everything that I was talking about, just to clarify, is almost more of like an ideal type of situation. Right. You have a seller that is motivated and you're going to go through that talk. Everything that Cam just talked about is nine out of ten calls. Right. It's the maybe you didn't catch me at the right time. Right. Maybe I'm just not quite there yet that's the, you're just focusing on this little bit of rapport that you can establish by not being that pushy salesperson, by, by being somebody that's real and understanding. I think that that's a fantastic point. Good bring up.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, all right. Final question. Is there anything else you guys want to mention about virtual appointments, in-person appointments in general, anything that comes to mind?
1: So I think remember that that when you get somebody on the phone kind of like jacob said the last impression is the lasting impression well this isn't your last impression but kind of the opposite this is your first impression so you want to come off as somebody that they want to talk to again right Mm -hmm. you don't you want to you know what i mean if they're in a hurry like you know i mean no problem i get it man i'm in that situation all the time right you know i mean I have to take my kid to swim lessons. So I understand that you're walking to a kid's softball game right now, right? So no big deal. I'm not going anywhere. I'm here. I'm happy to give you a call back another day. It's making the good first impression that, because again, you are looking to establish rapport and work with somebody here and they need to understand and feel that you will get that done. And if they don't, nothing else matters. It really doesn't. So, you know what I mean? If you pictured, if you go to buy, car right a used car and that used car salesman is just the greasiest guy you ever met and i don't mean literally greasy just like a slippery slimy kind of grimy guy are you gonna buy the car maybe but probably not right you're probably gonna go over the other lot right and you're just or you're probably gonna wait until his day off and come back and talk to somebody else right so the same sort of thing they want to they want to work with you or you need them to want to work with you so um i always say the seller needs to need you more than you need that deal. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yep.
2: Trust, like, and believe, right? The seller has to trust, like, and believe you. So, and and that's always going to start over the phone. Mm -hmm, So, Um, I think that, and um, the biggest lesson learned (laughs) that I have is um, never go on an appointment until you get a number out of them. Don't do it. Just don't. You will, I'm telling you right now, you will never waste more time in doing such a thing. So if you don't have a base level idea of roughly where this person needs to be, then don't set up an appointment. I can't tell you the number of times that everything sounded great over the phone, but the one piece that we didn't talk about was the number. And then I get there and I find out the seller a hundred grand off, right? There's no way we're going to be able to make something like that work. It's too big of a gap. So always, always, always have that honest talk before you go on the appointment outside of that wholeheartedly agree with everything cam just said it's all about building rapport and it's getting that trust like believe relationship all right. cool
0: so thanks cam and jacob for hanging out and talking with me today thank you everyone who is listening or watching us uh you can find us at excuse me, on YouTube, uh, Facebook, Instagram, pretty much everywhere. So if you could please leave us a rating, a review, a comment, like us on Facebook, whatever, wherever you're at, uh, just let us know you're listening. Uh, Thanks everyone. And oh, you can find us at www.wholesalingoutofthebox.com and we'll see you guys next time.